0: G'day Hawkers, thanks for tuning into this round 21 recap edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. Just a note at the top of the show here, the club's gone and done it again. I swear they save all their big announcements for right after we've finished recording a new episode. Anyway, we've just learned that big boy Ben McAvoy has called time on his decorated career. So to save you all wondering why we don't mention that at all, uh, I was already close to uploading the episode when the news broke. Anyway, that's just more to discuss next week. For now, please enjoy this Round 21 Recap Edition of the Hawk Talk Podcast. Blow the siren!
1: Gunston didn't take possession, played it really cleverly in the end. Falls down to Ward, hurried snap out of the pack. Another one in the book for the Hawks. Sarong, working his way into the game to Bruce. Had a couple of opportunities. Bruce on the snap. Luke Bruce, he's not going to miss that!
0: Three in a row for the Hawks and Bruce is on the board. Mitchell... Here's the second opportunity for McGuinness, floats it forward. And Gunston gets off Collins, not
1: sure how. And Jackal will have a handful. Hurry kick forward, can they get the mark this time? Casbold falls to ground, Marvio Chole. Holman needs to get rid of the footy, Nash gets his man. The Hawks,
0: to celebrate Big Ben, get their eighth win of the season. And they finish the Gold Coast run for 2022. Yes indeed, the Suns' finals aspirations were snuffed out as Jack Gunston bagged five goals and the Mighty Hawks prevailed by seven points. And there was a lot to like about Hawthorne this week, from the efforts of Emerson Jacker to the duo of Finn and Dimmer, but with so much to discuss we'd better get down to business right here on the Hawk Talk Podcast. My name is Nick Mason and Tiz, what did you make of this round 21 clash with the Suns?
1: Oh, it was pretty good. I just sat on the couch and uh, waited for Hawthorne to win. Gold Coast never looked likely.
0: Lazy couldn't even get yourself down to Tassie, down to <laughs> Launceston. I made the trip. You did? Any good? Would you rate it? Yeah, I would rate it. It was good to be back. It was a bit of a father son trip this time around. Uh, people wondered where you were. Did they? No, I'm kidding. No one asked about you. Uh, oh <laughs> no, no. People assumed that we both went down as we as we did last year. But uh, we might need to have an encore trip, I reckon, down, back down to Tassie. I know Launceston a little more now. I know where all the haunts are. Uh, I say haunts because it is a ghost town most of the time. Doesn't <laughs> matter what day it is. Wow. There's no one on the street. <laughs> and where did you stand for this game? I didn't stand. No, I actually sat with Dad in a very similar place to where we were last time in the okay. southern stand. Yeah. And I just want to say something. I joke about it being a ghost town. The busiest it was was game day. And I take exception to those comments we mentioned a few episodes back. Carolyn Wilson saying that Hawthorne have raped and pillaged Tasmania. It is there's something electric about game day when Hawthorne's in town, and it it just says to me that she's never been there. I'd believe that. Why not? What what reason would she have to go down there? <laughs> you know what I mean. So I don't know if she has experienced on foot in person first hand the experience of game day down in Tassie. But when the Hawks are in town and when they're set to play, there's a lot of activity. There's just a lot of buzz. There's a lot of people out and about, identifiably Hawthorne supporters. Went to the Harvest Market, plenty of people there. Any Gold Coast? I spotted about three Good <laughs> for effort. The day. That's a good effort. Yeah, well, they've just broken 20,000 members. So Have they? Apparently, yeah. Oh, I guess it would break them.
1: So... <laughs> <laughs> So did you enjoy this? How were your feelings when you went into the stadium? Were you thinking Hawthorne will be up for this? Hawthorne, good record. Beat Brisbane in Tassie.
0: Who are Gold Coast? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose there's a, there was enough incentive at play. I mean, you had Big Boy's 250th. You had Dylan Moore's 50th. They had Peter Hudson on hand to present uh, debutante Jai Sorong with his jumper. And he stuck around and he was interviewed because they named one end the Hudson goals. The Southern end, in fact. So there was a lot going on for the Brown and Gold that day. And although we had a depleted side, I, I'd sort of hoped before the first bounce that, you know, we might be up for this. What did you think when they named Sarong? I mean, he had played his best VFL game for the year. Yeah, he's got timing, does the boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there was a spot for him, certainly. I was a little surprised, but a welcome surprise in the end. Took a nice couple of marks. Did it take two marks? One was very nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One had me up and about, uh, <laughs> definitely in voice, and I, I might have risen to my feet for that one, but uh, I, I thought it was a reasonably good debut from Sarong. He looked very comfortable out there. Did he? Like, did did just, that not come across on the board? No, broadcast not really. Or? No,
1: because no. he. I mean, it's such a tight view, isn't it? That's it why is, I like yeah. going to the footy games. But uh,
0: now, did you
1: did you get a bit vocal? No one turned around and told you to be quiet, did they? Or
0: <laughs> no, no, I think it was a fairly hawthorn friendly crowd, mate
1: Did you give it to Isaac Rankin?
0: Who? Exactly yeah. Where was he? Did he show? Certainly not compared to last week against the Eagles This was a Gold Coast Sun with a dimmer, Tiz With a dimmer? Yes, yeah, and you turn him down <laughs> Aren't
1: NASA working on a dimmer? Pretty sure they
0: are. Anyway, go on. It's just wordplay, mate. Leave me alone. Uh, we've seen Hardwick enjoy better individual games, I think, in recent times. Uh, you know, with the accumulation of the footy, and certainly disposal efficiency was well below his usual standards. But that kind of wasn't the point, because his blanket job on an inform Rankin was absolutely exceptional. Uh, Now, we mentioned the Eagles. Rankin had seven score involvements and kicked 3-1. Against the Hawks, though, he was restricted to three score involvements and a single behind. Uh, Hardwick, mate, has played 20 games and conceded just 16 goals. Yep, flying totally under the radar. And, um, you know,
1: this is the kind of stuff that Finn McGuinness is getting lauded for. Mm -hmm. But um, Blake's been doing it for a long time.
0: He has been, he's been criminally underrated for a long time Uh, A silent assassin, it seems like Because he is taking them out every single week And uh, he really made a difference I thought it was Hardwick and Finn McGuinness Who, both in their respective ways, did great blanket jobs this game Took Miller did
1: reasonably well, I thought But he was never in space And a couple of times he got caught holding the footy
0: Quote is, 2022 Took Miller did reasonably well against Hawthorne.
1: Okay, it wasn't like some of the other <laughs> no, some of the other go. times, some of the other times where he's really done well against us. And it wasn't like um, previous matches where
0: McGuinness has just blanketed the guy. I'll stop you there because this is a guy that averages 516.5 meters gained. This week he managed 82. Wow. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Should have read the rundown. <laughs> Eight kicks, thirteen handballs, and nowhere near the output that uh, Miller usually enjoys. Uh, shall we call him Miller Light in that sense? Uh, worth noting that McGuinness himself recorded a team high ten tackles, so his defensive game was very strong. And this is basically what we've seen for the last couple of months. This has become a typical twenty twenty two Finn McGuinness game. So what's what's Finn done there? He's denied him the outside ball. Yeah, denied him any run. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Just short, dinky handballs trying to extract and get them going rather than anything penetrating like kicks. It's
1: an enormous turnaround. It's a seventy what 73-point turnaround from the game earlier in the year. And <laughs> you looked at Gold Coast a few times and their inability to shift the ball around the mm. park and you were just thinking, how on
0: earth did that happen earlier in the year? There, there was no question on this particular day that Hawthorne were the more dangerous side, and it was coming together for us way more than the Suns, with the exception of perhaps the final quarter, where the game was largely played in their half. But this had no resemblance to what happened in Darwin. Not not from the first couple of minutes from the first bounce. It was really quite something to see. So we've got Richmond. Who's Finn taking out this week? Well, as a riving virus, one of our listeners suggests, could be Bolton, could be Prestia... Might be someone else entirely, but uh, I would say maybe Prestia would be my guess. Yeah, he's very important to Richmond. Oh, I'd say, well, they both been, are. I've been speaking to a
1: couple of Richmond supporters today and uh, they've put the W down, Nick. Oh, have they? They definitely have, yep. Hmm. After what they saw on the weekend <laughs> against, against they- Port Adelaide, whose season is basically done anyway. Oh no, Port Adelaide, I mean...
0: Who can beat them? Like you know, they're very good now. Please let me cast my mind back through the season about just who they've lost to. No, not Nay. Not who they've lost to. <laughs> who they've been absolutely smashed by? Yeah, yeah. Can you think of anyone? Yeah, I can. Uh, we were very good. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, and that was what round two. Yeah, before we really got our game going. Well
1: that's the that's the thing. I kinda like it. I kinda like the fact that these Tigers supporters are sorta of leaning on me already and going, you know, <laughs> last game in Melbourne, you know, better get out there, have a look, I'm trying to make me turn up to this slaughter.
0: Yeah. I think we're actually got a good sniff. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna play the way that Richmond fans think. Uh, the Hawthorne Revenge Tour does continue. We couldn't get it done against the Saints, but we did it against the Suns. We ended their season, which is fantastic. I love that. <laughs>
1: And, it's
0: just a- <laughs> yeah, that's just the kind of person I am uh, Richmond, we have a real chance to end their season two or at least- that,
1: That's a real end Okay, well, Gold Coast Suns also ran since they began So I
0: suppose so But I think with Richmond we at least have a chance to take it out of their hands Whether they make finals or not Which would be really good fun to see Richmond fans sweat over the final week of the season Always good value that uh, Emerson Jecker his sixth career game, his first full game as a defender, and the first player this season to keep Marby or Joel goalless. Yeah, a bit lucky. Yeah, a little bit lucky in the end. <laughs> it was what, twelve <laughs> be meters
1: out at the post or
0: something? Yeah, I mean, look, he did get on top in that final quarter, as, as the Suns did generally. But even so, you've got to be happy with the way he played the majority of the game, Emerson Jecker, for what is essentially his first outing in that role.
1: There are a few nerves on a couple of the kicks, but in, in general play, he's excellent. Um, makes good decisions when he doesn't have the ball. I, uh, I was concerned in that last quarter by a... What, we kicked at one point, I think?
0: Yeah, I think it was um Bruce, wasn't it? Who kind of put the game just beyond reach.
1: Yeah, but one point in the last quarter. I mean, we'd paid three quarters and we
0: couldn't play the fourth. Sometimes that's gotten it done this year. Sometimes it hasn't. It's been the, <laughs> the through line of our 2022 season that we can't play just four, four quarters. The the,
1: the defence were under so much pressure and they responded very, very well, but we couldn't get the link-up play. That's right. For just, you know... Put the nail in the coffin there.
0: It was the kind of day where, for for much of it, I felt as though Hawthorne always needed a steadier. And that came in the form of a behind by the end. We just needed something. We needed a score. But you're right. A lot of it was about absorbing punch after punch from the Suns and not having much in the way of a counter for that final quarter. So, I mean, credit to the defence that were under siege. They were able to hang in there and were able to get the result. Do you think that's just... Because there didn't seem to be a lot of moves
1: made in the box in that last quarter, unlike against St Kilda.
0: Mm, that's right. Uh,
1: a lot think, of that was by necessity, by the way. But anyway, Yeah, I know. But do you think um,
0: Mitchell's in the box going,
1: nah, let them work it out?
0: Maybe. I mean, this is a development year, and that's part of it. Mitchell can't get out there and do it for him. He can't solve everything, especially not inside a quarter. What, what kind of moves would he have made mid-final term that really would have shifted that, do you reckon? I don't know.
1: Well, Gunston could have gone back behind the ball. Yes, yeah, so no.
0: <laughs> I You guys keep five goals. You don't rob yourself of scoring power when you need it the most. Anyway, back to Jekka. 16 touches. Very occasionally nervy, as, as you said, and not the slick, precise distribution we've, come to, we've, we've become accustomed to. But I thought overall this was a tick and, and a good first win. Oh, his. definitely a tick. Yeah. Big, massive tick.
1: That is a great game mm-hmm. in the defensive half for a, an, a, an attacking
0: minded player. No James Blank either, who, it must be said, might have helped. So this is a big assignment for him. It was a big assignment for the defensive unit as a whole. I thought they acquitted themselves well. Uh, now, we heard from one of our listeners, Matt, whilst Jekka played well, I was disappointed with his field kicking, given a few clangers. Do we need to just expect this from him as we d- as we develop the attacking corridor game plan, or does he need to leave that stuff to Sicily and Scrimmer and take simple targets on the release? I
1: don't think we want to tread on his toes yet.
0: No, not just yet. It's a tiny sample size. I concede that, you know, Matt's got a good point. There are some kicks and some decisions which weren't so good, Um, although a lot of his contests were fantastic. There are some where he lowered his colours a bit. But the fact of the matter is, Jack has been doing this in Box Hill amazingly well. So we have one game to go on. We have the Suns, really. That's That's his first full game in this role. So... I take Matt's point, but I reckon stick with it for now.
1: And he's got to start to learn the closing speed of opposition opponents in the AFL too, which That's can right. be a lot quicker than the VFL.
0: Yeah. Totally different vibe. How I would much say.
1: space does someone need before you can hit them on the outside with a sixty metre pass mm-hmm. which is what he does in the VFL, ad nauseum. Yep. And we haven't seen that in the AFL yet, not that far. So he is he is sort of trying to keep it within his
0: bounds. Yeah. I'd expect that we get this final fortnight to see him grow into that role. Uh, we do have this question from James. A bit of a curly question. If you could keep only one on the list for next year, are you keeping Morris or Jekka? Jekka. Yeah, I went with Jekka as well. As much as I do like Morris, if it does come down to that, I'm keeping Jekka. I don't think it will come down to that, by the way. I think they both remain on the list. I think they've both got great value in their respective roles going forward. Jekka, part it- of my reasoning behind that is he's a, a bit more versatile than Morris at the moment.
1: Yeah, well, Jekka also looks class as well, yeah. doesn't he? Yeah. Whereas Morris has really earned his spot. Anyway, it looks like they've found a really good player in Jekka and you can see other players playing Morris's role. Um, I thought Jack might have kicked like 10 at one point. Yeah,
0: yeah, it did seem like it. Because
1: (laughs) Collins, who we'd seen at Box Hill for many years and Mm -hmm. has taken out a best and fairest, don't know what he was doing, mate. But there were
0: some really <laughs> odd decisions from him. Definitely, yeah. That one where Gunston just all of a sudden turned back in the goal goalscorer and marked it unopposed. I don't really know. All, all I said, I said to my dad at the time, I said, "Well, I feel like just Gunston watched the ball, and it was simple as that." <laughs> I don't know really what happened there. But there are other, there are other moments where he was just unsighted.
1: Collins and yeah. Gunston, great game again. The the bloke is hitting his straps at the end of the season. I know he's injury ravaged and everything but he is
0: either putting his hand up for another contracted Hawthorne <laughs> or it's an audition for or this, is, aud- or <laughs> oh, this is auditions yeah oh uh, who knows let's see how it plays out but nevertheless a tassie specialist is Jack Gunston because that's five goals in his return game in Hobart now another five in Launceston and another exhibition of what we call nonchalant dominance which I think <laughs> is what it is he made it Seem easy. He made his injury complaints seem like ancient history. Yep, he did. You forget that he had this huge back problem, which had him sidelined for so long. That seems like a distant memory, and that's a credit to him.
1: Now, in the in the paper, I saw Dylan Moore deservedly got three votes. Best on ground, mm-hmm. seemed to be everywhere, all day. We all know the story, but now he's starting to really hit elite status, not just for the forward line. mm mm-hmm
0: but his work up the ground. How, how, how many games? We've discussed this before, but how many games do you typically afford a player before you judge them? Are they going to stay on the list? Do they have a future in this club? Is it 25 or is it 50? I think we've discussed this before.
1: Well, it changes with the role. Yeah, okay. If it's a enough. ruckman, that's about five years without playing a game. And then you give them a couple <laughs> to see if they're any good. Yeah, uh, huge <laughs> emphasis on development. Yes. A lot of <laughs> It's a key forward. We're just starting to see Mitch Lewis hit his 50th game mm-hmm. and he's, apparently he's going to be back this week. I don't believe yeah, it. Yeah, well, we'll get to that soon, yeah. But, uh, you know, he's just starting to really bulk up mm. and make opposition um, defences wary of, of him. Yeah, they have Not to Not only sleep. physically, but also that he can hit the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. But we're smaller players, you know, that, that should be skilled and much more at home In the AFL environment,
0: sooner, Mm. it can be less than 20. Well, I only bring it up because this marked Moore's 50th game. And I'd say, what, the the last 25 or so have been mostly exceptional. Yeah. And that excites me, that this is the first 50, and now we get another 50 to see him take it to an even greater level than this. Deployed in the midfield these days, it was kind of the... The duo of Moore and O'Meara that I felt shared the midfield honours this game. They really got us moving, eight clearances apiece. The question is, who had the better game? You thought Dylan Moore. There's certainly an argument there. O'Meara had fewer touches than Moore, certainly, but registered seven inside fifties, eight tackles, and kicked a goal as well. So I thought they both did wonderfully well.
1: Yeah, see, I didn't notice O'Meara's tackling, but um, I, I just expect so much of O'Meara. Oh, well, of course, and everything, Naturally. and everything that. Moore does is like, jeez, uh, we're so lucky we didn't list him.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. I get that. We gave up a, a fair bit for O'Meara. We pursued him wholeheartedly. And then Dylan Moore's kind of, uh, everything's a bonus, isn't it?
1: Well, th- that is how it feels, yeah. I mean, it's a bit stupid now. <laughs> but th- that's exactly how it feels. We've been quite lucky to retain a couple of the fellas. Mm. Uh, not only Moore,
0: but GF. And, yep. Yeah. We had a listener, I think it was uh, Dino, a long-time listener of the pod, asked us about our favourite moments of the game. And the guy I, f- I thought of first is actually Josh Ward. I thought, he had, I thought he had a brilliant goal, of course, but there were a few efforts right in front of where we were sitting, uh, both offensively and defensively, I thought were magnificent. Um... His closing speed to affect the spoil, I think it might have been the last quarter. I can't remember. Or it might have been the third quarter. Uh, I, I just thought he was fantastic. 20 disposals, kicked to one goal one, four clearances and seven score involvements, which included, Tiz, a team-high three goal assists. Yeah, he just keeps dominating
1: this kid, and he does it effortlessly, really. Picks up possessions, fullback, halfback, on the wing. <laughs> it's. Mm. Uh, did you notice anything about how he... How he controls the space around him, because there's—he always seems to have
0: space. He's becoming more and more exciting as each game goes on, and, and you know, funnily enough, I feel like where. Connor McDonald, he, he's played a lot of footy for a debut year. He's kind of fallen away just a little bit. He's, t- he's kind of taken a back seat to what Ward is doing at the moment. I feel if, if it's a two-man race between those two for first-year players, I, I feel like Ward is hitting his straps now, just as McDonald's starting to tire a bit. I think he's definitely tiring. He's also playing
1: higher up the ground mm-hmm. as well. He, there's a more of a um, an emphasis on his contested game now, yeah. which he's trying to develop at the AFL level. But certainly when he's on the outside and in space, Mm. McDonald is just as good
0: as Josh Ward. Silky skills. Do do you think the the inclusion of um, Sam Butler might have forced McDonald up the ground a bit more? We're seeing less of the goal sneak incarnation of Connor McDonald. What did you think of Butler? I mean, virtually anonymous. Uh, It didn't help that... He does compete. Like, there were a couple of times he got to the ball, brought
1: the ball to ground, but... In terms of possessions and um, chains and things like that, not a lot of involvement.
0: No, and I thought from the first quarter, it was something I noticed immediately, that he just had the worst matchup. I think it was Mac <laughs> Andrew. Right. Who seemed to have, you know, this is exaggerating, obviously, It seemed to have two foot on him. Yeah. And it's like, he's if this gets delivered badly...
1: Well, we saw that with Impy running to the flight of that ball. He didn't even bother to put his arms out because yeah. Mac Andrew had, you know, a wingspan on him about two meters.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be a tricky matchup going forward. So the Suns have got a ripper there. But yeah, I, I consistently found that Butler had a bad matchup and then just struggled to get involved. But I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. I think his endeavour is still there, certainly. Honourable mentions for the rest of the game I thought, you know, we've talked about Jaisa wrong I want to see more of him uh, Whether he keeps his spot on the side Selection's very interesting this week But we'll get to that soon Ben McAvoy in his milestone game uh, He had some really nice moments and, and I thought a really Potentially game-saving mark In the final term was probably the best one Yeah, and the crowd knew it too Yep That was a huge sigh of relief <laughs> Uh, I was watching the clock by the end. I had the AFL app on my oh, phone, and, I was, I was, uh. and when I brought it up, when it, it was like about a minute to go, I was like, "No way!" You said, "Well, we've got it. We've got <laughs> it then. Brilliant." That was a huge sigh of relief for me when I saw that clock on my phone. I had a question from Kelly here. Uh, Surely Gunners and Big Boy go around again. Also, I think Jekka has done enough in this second half of the year for a new contract. So we've got three names here: Gunners. I know you want him at the club still.
1: If he wants to be there, he, he probably will be. Yep. But I can also understand Mitchell trying to make this list his own
0: again. Yep, yeah, could happen. Uh, big boy, I want him at the club. I would say he does not go round again. I'm not ready to be without big boy Ben McAvoy, mate. It's just, it's it's not right. We need him for one more year.
1: I, I see your point, but also, what's in it for Ben?
0: Yeah, I... Pff-
1: I, I mean, I, I'm surprised he's come back and yeah. played as well as he has. Yeah.
0: This is someone's life, and it's it's he's a done very everything serious injury.
1: He's done everything he needs yeah. to do. Now he's captain of Hawthorne. He's so devoted. Like, yeah. the character of the man is, is incredible. Nothing left we to prove. We are so fortunate mm-hmm. that he agreed on a holiday to Southeast Asia to yeah. come to Hawthorne when he was rung <laughs> at about 3.30 in the morning mm-hmm. with a a really late offer, mm. and he just said, yeah, that'll be fine.
0: It, it would be interesting. I guess that means we're taking another Ruckman in the offseason.
1: <laughs> I don't know if we're going to pick up any free agent,
0: Ruckman. No, I'm not suggesting that necessarily. I but Grundy's now out for the rest of the season with a foot injury. That's right, yeah. Not that Collingwood need him right now. Fancy no, that. but
1: imagine being Grundy and not being able to get back into this oh, side no, where crazy. you've got a
0: clear position yep. for you to take. So without Ben McAvoy, it's Lynch, Reeves and Ramsden. You have to take another Ruckman.
1: Yeah, well, you'd think that. Yeah.
0: But you've got to... (laughs) After this year, yes, I would think that.
1: But also, are you going to go and find a mature Ruckman? Mm. Are you going to elevate Brinker Ritchie and just see if that works? You love the two-ruck
0: structure. Maybe Mitch doesn't. I I don't know about that. I think that he does. (laughs) <laughs> I People ask You know Where's Lynch People ask Do they They come up They people, go Yeah p- Stop me on the street mate <laughs> All over Tassie Where's Lynch Yeah Where's Max Lynch Well apparently he was ill Which kept him out of action At all levels Of footy this weekend uh, That's that's the whisper that I heard. I've not quite substantiated that one, but if that's the case, then maybe he's available this week and maybe he gets selected. We don't know. Uh, what about Jecker? Has he done enough for, for the second half of the year to earn a new contract? I would say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
1: that's a definite yes.
0: And this question from Stewie Bro. In 2013, Buddy was used in roles other than full forward or centre-half forward as they, air quotes, knew he was leaving at season's end, so they developed other avenues to goal. Seeing Titch in roles that are not the middle, thoughts on maybe Sammy's doing the same thing with him as he knows he's not there next year.
1: Well, I did say his numbers had improved markedly a couple of times to your Nick, didn't I? Yeah. There were a couple of games where he stood out, where they gave him what he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Just, and it was generally against opposition sides that could be in a zone where they might like to take Tom. Oh, jeez. Did you notice that? No, only you have noticed that. So I would imagine, due to the rumours with Richmond and
0: Tom, Mm -hmm.
1: we will see him go into a role that he can, he knows he can do well on the weekend. So
0: there's your tip, there's your prediction. Mitchell back into the midfield.
1: But generally, generally... Even with Warple in the side, uh, it wasn't working. That's right. And at the time, Clarko came out and said, "You know, we were too buddy focused in mm-hmm. twenty twelve. Yes, and uh, that didn't work out well for us." So, very similar ethos. I can see the parallels definitely. But we're seeing that with Griffin Logue at Frio at the moment. He's oh yeah, very good
0: forward, isn't he? You keep a keen eye on Griffin Logue, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I've not been watching closely. So I am going to be.
1: Well, actually, Friday night yep. you you've um. Jumped on the plane to Tassie And I thought Oh what am I going to do So I went off to see Melbourne Collingwood Oh so you went in person Yeah I saw the second half It's delicious to see Melbourne lose But apart from that And it pains me to say so But McRae Has Mm. got Collingwood Playing a style of football That is I wouldn't say it was Brilliant to watch But it's thoroughly entertaining
0: Oh yeah. yeah Collingwood are not just Entertaining for their Escape artistry like, they they put themselves in that position because they're a fun and fast and electric football team at the moment and have been for, what, 11 weeks. That's how they keep on getting it done. And they're not invincible. No. But they're a chance. But they step they're, it up. They're a chance to win the flag because they've got enough ingredients of a winning team that they keep on getting it done. There's so much self-belief that you could see them go all the way, but they're not invincible, and that's... It's an interesting spot to be in. An interesting spot to be in was
1: level two of the MCC with the <laughs> worst <laughs> Melbourne supporter base. It was amazing. I went there pretty much, you know, as an agnostic. Yeah. And by the end, I was thoroughly on the black and white army Don't side. Don't
0: tell me you went to a Melbourne game as a as an agnostic. That is just a blatant lie. <laughs> and and when I gave. Gawning a Bronx cheer and
1: <laughs> some lady t- stood up and told me yeah. that this wasn't the place for that kind of stuff yes. after she'd been yelling at the umpire.
0: <laughs> oh, I had great fun. I mean, of all the people, Gorn had a reasonably good game, didn't he?
1: Yeah, but he kept kicking it out on the full. And I yelled out at one stage, you should have made Viney captain, at least he can kick. <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah. There were there
0: were several key moments. Gauntlet killed the contest, and he didn't. So this episode follows on from our chat last week, in which I mentioned that there are a couple of kids heckling you at Marvel <laughs> Stadium. Is I, it anyone up? <laughs> is it anyone to any listener at the moment as to why that happened? No, you were very well behaved at Marvel, but I can picture you <laughs> in the MCC, you giving it to Melbourne fans. That is absolutely with nothing on, on brand. the
1: line. Nothing on the nothing line. Nothing on the line. I had a great time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we need to move on to talk about Box Hill sixteen eight hundred and four Defeated Frankston 8 5 That makes it three wins in a row now For the Box Hill Hawks And a much needed one As we press our case for finals
1: I just want to go back and say that What mm. Collingwood are doing now We could mm. easily be doing next year
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Potentially, yeah McRae's got them humming really well And I feel like Something similar is in our future it's yep. all fitted together very nicely inside one season for them. Well, I mean, they're overachieving. The, the, yeah, that, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's all come together, and it's it's electric, and it, it's quite something and, and magic that's come together as well as it has for Collingwood, and I think with a bit of time, we can get there too. So Box Hill absolutely wiped the floor with Frankston. Yeah, not initially, though. The game really didn't get going for about 15 minutes, and then Box Hill woke up and went, I oh, guess we'll slam on we'll six just, in a row.
1: Just shrug this off. You yeah. Know.
0: Oh, you're Frankston. You're nowhere near us on the ladder. So we'll just it's get the away the reason they here. haven't
1: been televised for four years.
0: <laughs> Six goals in about 12 minutes in the end. That buffer was never really threatened all day. Box Hill kept Frankston at bay uh, before increasing the margin very late in the piece, which is good to see because we might need the percentage yet. The final margin was 51 points. Now, Liam Shields, arguably best on ground.
1: Yeah, you reckon he's a sneaky chance for another... Game.
0: Yeah, I do, and A, I hope so, because it could be it. It might be his last game in front of Melbourne fans, and he will have earned it. Like if, if he gets recalled this week, it won't be tokenistic. These stats, 31 touches, a game high, 11 tackles, and a goal, he's clearly a class above, and he will have earned his spot on the side, and it's not... You're not just handing it to him, which I like. If this has to be it for Liam Shields, the finale, he can rest assured that he definitely belongs. Yeah, put that side to side with Tom Phillips' stats and, uh,
1: yeah, just gives you an idea of the persistence of the two, I think. I
0: think so, yeah.
1: In the face of not probably not being elevated to the senior side.
0: Yeah, have you got Dan Howe's stats there too? So it might be a similar story, I'm not sure.
1: But, well, Dan Howe had a fairly decent game. He was... Defending, basically, all over the pitch. Yeah.
0: Well, that's that's his go.
1: Yeah. He loves being behind the ball.
0: One of the other big stories of the day was Jackson Callow, who enjoyed a big confidence boost, a well-overdue one. Turning in his best performance in weeks, it must be said, he finished with 19 touches and three goals won, displaying some of that trademark Callow stuff, the the strong contested work, also got up the ground to provide for his fellow forwards. He had three inside 50s. Uh, He's playing for a contract. There's no question about that. And this is the kind of game that will help his chances.
1: Well, his confidence did get shaken. Was it out at uh, in WA? Yeah, that was. He uh, gets Frio, wasn't it? Yeah, he's just yeah. he's just sort of getting his head together after that, isn't he? I and think so. And it looked so. like a couple of things fell his way early, and then he sort of fell into the game. It looked good. Uh, Jack Saunders is another one who got down. Mighty Mouse. Now he's playing for contract as well. Yeah. But they seem to be on the side
0: of keeping him at the club, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Line ball. Uh, I prefer this sort of stuff from Jack Saunders. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just seduced by the uh, the electricity of his game when he happens to get forward and get a couple of snags. He kicked two two. He uh, he made things happen. He was a guy that really got box hill going, and uh, he's another guy like Jackson Callow who needs to build off this game, and he's got time. They've both got time to do it, and well. It's only going to be a good thing for Box Hill because we need it.
1: Now you're saying we need another ruckman if Ben McAvoy walks
0: away. Well, we need. I I feel like we need four. That's the number. I think three might be a bit too lean. Might only need Max. We might only need Max. What after his best game yet for Box Hill? Twenty-one touches and provided a target up forward. But it's his versatility. Yeah, that, that, it's when, ridiculous Yeah, when we when we got him to the club and you start looking at his highlights and all that stuff you knew that would be a chief asset and he's really starting to show that he's really good below his knees for a tall man doesn't mind the ground ball stuff and that really helps, frankly <laughs>
1: You don't mean another small bloke at his feet He can do it
0: Well, versatility, it's a feather in his cap It's a good thing and it's something that you know, Lynch is decent below his knees. Mm-hmm. Uh, he loves getting in for the contested work. Ned Reeves would say not so much. So to have a guy that brings that game, I like it.
1: So Box Hill next week got Geelong, who are awful. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> awful Geelong are awful in the VFL. So that should be a win. And uh, that's Saturday, 2 o'clock at Box Hill City Oval.
0: Yeah, sixth taking on 14th. Uh, a lot of our nearest opponents on the ladder I believe they might have a bye this week So bank this win And that could be enough To play finals frankly um, And the week after of course As we've mentioned before we, we do have Sydney at Box Hill City Oval A lot tougher test that one I think Sydney at the moment They might be fourth on the ladder So yeah it's an interesting fortnight for Box Hill God they got a good list don't they Sydney. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, flying in the AFL, flying in the VFL as well. Uh, Casey in the VFL, undefeated. Wow. So they're the team that you don't want Maybe to play. Maybe they should elevate a few. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, <they> should. <laughs> uh, this question from Cam. Assuming we pick up Amon to play wing with Morrison, what do we develop Will Day into? Half back or, you know, his body might seem a bit light for the midfield. What do you think? What does Will want to do? Well, you just throw it to him. Yeah. He moves the magnets around, yeah. is
1: that right? I learnt this grade seven when my Chinese language teacher used to come out at half time and say, Where would you like to play
0: this quarter? That's you know? right. This has come up this has come up before, hasn't it?
1: And I tell you what, when I was playing
0: somewhere I wanted to play, <laughs> I was a lot better. Well, he looks happiest when he's snapping him from about 40 out. Don't well? we all? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, whether, there's, whether that's the spot for him, I don't know. Uh, he's an interesting one heading to this offseason because we, we still have a, a surplus of uh, half backs. That hasn't changed. It's just been about how we've managed them. Yeah, look, he,
1: he puts some weight on. He can definitely play in the midfield. And with the skills he has, if you put him on the outside or even just behind the pack, He's going to be a magnificent weapon. At the moment, you really can't give him. Look at Sicily and even Jacker; they can take a good match up. Then find space, run away, be a real weapon. Will can't do that yet. Mm-hmm. When he when that happens.
0: Uh, Look, the sky's the limit for him. This question from Aiden: If the Amon is definitely headed to the Hawks, turns out to be a Buddy is definitely going to the GWS situation, do we promote Ed Phillips for the wing? He did have 22 touches and a goal on the weekend for Box Hill, and he is a regular contributor. He's a a good talent for Box Hill. You're shaking your head.
1: Didn't I say this about three weeks ago about the Buddy Franklin thing? Yeah, you did. yeah. Yeah. Well, Are we
0: all just getting a bit nervous collectively as Hawks fans now?
1: No, he's coming. Enjoy. <laughs>
0: You've changed your tune. We're
1: going to go from having to develop someone into an elite wingman to, oh, look, there's an elite
0: wingman. Yeah, we've got him. Uh, I would dare say, I, I like Ed Phillips, but there's a golfing class, I would say. it's And not, speed. Yeah, there's a consolation prize there. vision. Yeah, put it this way. I want Carl Amon at Hawthorne. And uh, I'd be happier than having Ed Phillips at Hawthorne as much as I like the guy.
1: Carl Amon is very good at hitting hitting uh, targets under pressure too. Don't forget that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, if we get him, and it's not a very big if, if we get him, mm. he's a real
0: asset to the side. But for now, we do have to focus on uh, Richmond this Sunday, one ten pm at the MCG. I'm not sure who comes out of this side and who comes in, which I feel like I've been saying a lot lately. Even though our list is a bit depleted, we've got a lot on the sidelines with injuries, um, I don't know necessarily what changes I'd make. I, I have heard that Mitch Lewis is reportedly available. Right, so Sarong's like, oh, great. <laughs> Maybe. Back to the
1: VFL for me. Um, Butler didn't set the world on fire. What do you think of Denver Granger? Because mm. you have to be at the ground to really notice a backman.
0: Well, if you don't mind, I will reveal that we exchanged some messages throughout with, the game. With Denver. No, no, you and me. And you did ask if he was out there. <laughs>
1: and I, said, yeah. I No, I did not say that. I said, is he forward? Because at one stage okay, during yeah. the coverage, yeah. he was caught forward. And I, I suppose one of his, um, I don't know what he was doing what, up What his there, opponent actually. dragged, yeah, him, yeah, off dragged him up there that,
0: randomly. That's true. I need to be fair to you. You did phrase it that way. Is he forward? I said, no, he's in defence. <laughs> I had to look for him, but he was there. He was, yeah. <laughs> he was there. Took me a second. Oh, well, it was a fairly quiet game from, from him. Yeah, but the opponent is. had a
1: quiet day, didn't yeah. he?
0: Yeah. Well, I thought as a whole, our defensive unit stood up fairly well overall. A bit miserly, which is good to see. But do you bring him up because you want to take him out of the side? Is that it?
1: No, no. I'm just. Talking about what changes might be made, and you know, he was in for blank. Blank, yeah, probably comes in. This he goes
0: straight back out. Blank comes in. You got CJ who's available as well.
1: Well, you got Rewalt and you got Lynch Mm -hmm. and whoever else is drifting forward.
0: Yep, so you might need both. Then it becomes a question of who comes out, which I'm not necessarily sure of because I want to retain Jekka in the side. I'm going to put my hand up and say Impy, yeah, Impy could fall out of this side. Yep. Probably for CJ, to be honest. Yeah. That would be the swap there. And Butler, obviously. What did you make of uh, Cozzy's game? Uh, he's a
1: workhorse. Yeah. I thought he played better than he has for a long time. Mm-hmm.
0: Took a couple of marks. That's becoming a novelty, unfortunately.
1: Look, he's what going, he's going mar- for a troublesome patch. I mean, you're looking yeah. at a bloke who's under 21 who's never really played forward all that much and
0: uh, is playing in... He's played there at least a season I remember him being a very good solid marker and now he just can't stick him I don't know why. It's the lead
1: the lead's not quick enough, he's not getting space on his opponent, yeah, people aren't so. really looking for him as much as they were when you think about who kicked to him yeah. for all those leads, who was it? Probably Chad Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't really have that laser-like Ability right now, when you think about it, who's hitting targets like
0: Chadwood. His name's Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Not Chadwood. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
1: it's a, it, there's some nice little uh, selection battles to sort of whet your appetite for next season. Some players have shown some, you know, real talent later in the year. And I'm looking at Nash, got a 96 in the AFL fantasy and did really well with ball retention again. Mm-hmm. Can he take finally the step where we go, yes, he is part of the future?
0: Well, I think that's been decided. I mean, the- long-term future. Oh, okay. I don't mean yeah. just for the next a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, I-, I think so. Everything seems to be suggesting that so far. And did- then you've just got to look
1: at how you manage out Amira and Mitchell and whoever else in that midfield. And got to manage out Bruce, you got to manage out Gunston, mm-hmm. McAvoy. These are the challenges, but you notice no name I said was in the back 50. No. So, as long as that's the best performing part of your team, this can look really good. And I'd have to say that, um, bar a really big fella in defense, they're pretty good
0: yeah i'd say so i i back our defense i i have for a long time and i think the inclusion of blank has only made it stronger
1: so you can get a bit creative after that you can get some creative types into your side yeah, yeah. that
0: can take some risks going forward which would line up with what we want to do mm. uh, i think adding speed and creativity is uh i mean here's that another. was the problem in the final quarter we were so slow going that's, forward that's true but, but here's a guy that i didn't think of um sam frost is still out of this lineup yeah. James Warpole. So I'm not saying they're creative creative players. Well, maybe Frost is, but that's what I'm saying.
1: Real selection dilemmas.
0: Yeah. Well, what I want to do eventually, if I get time, I want to take our 22 from this game just gone, and map it out and look at all of the potential understudies for each position
1: and put them onto the what is it, the Nintendo Switch, and play them <laughs> against one another and see who wins. <laughs> Then write a letter to the administration of Hawthorne and say, this is what you should be doing.
0: Oh, I'll write a letter to the game developers as well saying, this is what you should be doing because this game sucks. <laughs> oh. uh, they're pretty bad, mate. It's, Are it's, they? Rarely oh, is an AFL game any good. I'll take that off the Christmas list. <laughs> <laughs> uh But I, I reckon actually mapping out, uh, looking at the 22 that we just selected, which has a lot of notable um, omissions and, and, and well guys on the sidelines we didn't have a choice in all of them but looking at the potential maneuvers you could make with a healthy list suddenly quite a bit of depth in this side it's growing it's growing week by week and it's good to see uh, so that's Richmond versus Hawthorne at the MCG Sunday one10 p.m could be Liam Shields final game if he gets selected certainly final game in Melbourne so that's a good opportunity to, uh, to see him out. Uh, last opportunity certainly this season to see Hawthorne play in Melbourne before they head down to Tassie the next week to take on the Bulldogs. But before all that, there is a curtain raiser with an uh, AFLW practice match against Richmond. So you can head down to the MCG earlier in the day and have yourself a double header. And we've announced a captain. We have, yes, experienced midfielder Tilly Lucas-Rod has been named Hawthorne's inaugural AFLW captain. Meanwhile, we've also got Jess Duffin appointed vice-captain with Louise Stevenson, and uh, if you don't mind, Tiz, Hawthorne VFLW premiership player Tamara Luke, rounding out the leadership group. How did you feel about the
1: announcement of captain having having it at the photo shoot? If you were one of the others, and you were hoping to be captain, then you have to grin for the next... Two or three minutes
0: <laughs> Well I think they announced the whole leadership group While they were there Yeah Yeah well I don't know It's a good way to I'm keen to see some of the shots to be honest Oh hey. what to, to identify who's, who's a bit crestfallen <laughs> Jeez you're terrible
1: I thought it was a weird thing to do I nah, honestly have, do. The,
0: have the whole family there Get around them That's essentially what it is Okay I mean most people just opt for cheese That's certainly one way to get everyone smiling for a photo shoot No, those were great scenes And and well done to Tilly Lucas, Rod And to the other other players in the leadership group Especially happy with Tamara Luke Who's fast becoming my favourite in this team Had a practice hit out against uh, the Eagles Travelled over to WA Suffered defeat, I think it was 29 points at the end It was certainly a few goals Yeah, it was a
1: decent margin Yeah,
0: but Tamara Luke kicking four Yeah Vindication
1: Well, yeah but also, I'm calling it early Can someone else call, Kick a goal please <laughs> I
0: think Look You think back To where this side And by this side I mean The Hawthorne men's Were against Collingwood and Richmond preseason.
1: Is this 1925
0: no, no I mean This preseason. Think about where This Hawthorne list was at Right And we looked Absolutely No hope We looked rubbish. We could not get our game going at any stage.
1: Well, that's probably an unfair comparison. A fair comparison would be those AFLW sides that joined the league most recently and how bad they looked when they got in there.
0: I'm just saying that we look better than that performance now is not necessarily indicative of what we can bring to round one which is what everyone's excited about at the moment because tickets for the upcoming AFLW season of course they're on sale Wednesday 10am I believe this episode that you're listening to right now will be out Wednesday so uh, there's only
1: 10,000 for that ground
0: yeah well it's going to be easy to force their hand to move it that's what we want to do we want to move the opening round clash with Essendon to Marvel Stadium and we can all help make the move a reality by jumping online and buying a ticket and selling this game out in record time how much does it cost I hear you ask 10 bucks 10 bucks to attend just get online and do it
1: anyway that will happen sounds like it as oh, it soon should. as the club starts tweeting stuff like move it to Marvel you can be rest assured it's probably on the cards that it's got the green light from the AFL
0: yeah it certainly seems like, I mean what why wouldn't they move it it seems silly that it hasn't happened already to be honest but you know people power can uh, can be very special and we have an opportunity here to um, oh, make history, basically. That's what it will be. All right, so you know how we're playing Richmond. Okay, yep,
1: yep. And below us on the ladder are Essendon, mm. Adelaide, right? Yep. Both would need fairly big wins to get anywhere past us. Mm. But if we were to win, we'd go straight past Port Adelaide, who are on the same number of wins. Okay. Port Adelaide play Essendon. Oh, that's interesting. Is it, is it interesting or really, really
0: concerning? <laughs> so I'm yet to actually determine your position on this once and for all. Do you really care about where we end up? It seems like you do.
1: I really wanted to get under Essendon. Okay, yeah, I understand. <laughs> or below,
0: that. but
1: because I didn't want to deal with the antics know, and I know, I yeah, know, yeah, me neither, me neither. So, uh, look, I mean, to be honest, we know it doesn't really matter that much, but at the moment,
0: what are we, pick seven?
1: Six. We pick six again, are we?
0: Yeah, I think so. Are there any father-sons? Ashcroft going to Brisbane, does that change things? Yeah, it probably. Probably does. Yeah. Yeah. So... Look, we haven't even properly looked into this stuff yet. We will in the off season. No, it's great. This is the best part. No, it's not. This is the stuff I love. This is the best part is heading to the MCG to see the practice match. You get the double header with the men's leg at the MCG. Actually, being there is the best part. All right, fine. not your off-field movements and shenanigans. All right, fine. It's like getting a new book. It's a new thriller, and you get <laughs> okay.
1: the you get to start the first chapter.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: That's what it is. All that right. that kind of excitement. It's fair. Well,
0: it's, it's, a, yeah, it's a, a, embarking on a, a new phase of the club, isn't it?
1: Yeah, through each of these individuals
0: that come through the door. That's right. That that stuff is good. I like that. I like the uh, the stories of, of um, draftees' dreams coming true. That's always nice. Anyway, we do need to wrap up. Uh, now, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, why not take a moment out of your day to rate and review the show? I'd really appreciate that. It's... Um, you know not only makes our day to read that sort of thing but it helps other hawkers find the show other diehard hawkers looking to connect with more hawthorn content every single day of the week uh, you can find us as well on twitter twitter.com slash facebook facebook.com slash hawk talk pod and of course you can check our stuff out on instagram too now all this is possible thanks to the support of our proud passionate and paid up patreon subscribers they're the ones that help us to put time into this podcast week in week out if you've gotten on board and you support what we do we really appreciate appreciate it and a big shout out in fact to our most recent subscribers jackson jason and Stuart. thank you so much and welcome now we're just about at the end of the season tiz which means there's going to be some exclusive bonus content on the way for subscribers now if you're interested in all that head to patreon.com slash hawk talk pod for all the details so shana's got an interesting comment here what is that about trade retire and promote segment right that's coming that, all that stuff is coming, Shana. Uh, trade, retire, and promote. Looking at some of the off-season moves we might be making. I mean, we're going to have to discuss it. There's a there's a lot to talk about.
1: Yeah, no. that I,
0: I thought it might have been a segment on your Tinder profile. Well, it's actually um, our exit meeting between you and I. I have, <laughs> I have a lot to discuss with you. Do I trade Tiz? Oh, do I retire Tiz? Or do have, I promote him? Is
1: that a good... Is that... Doing this a while now. <laughs> ideas. Ideas for
0: podcasts. A little bit scan.
1: Is that a good idea, like having an exit interview podcast?
0: Yeah, so here's the thing. So listeners, when they hear season review, they think we're going to be talking about it's just thing. us Yeah, it's a performance review for yeah. you. If so- it
1: means I have to go back and listen, <laughs> this is
0: a note. Okay, well, note that down. The season review <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, goes against your name. I think that one. I uh, thought your predictions <laughs> for the team changes in round seventeen were completely AWOL. Oh, we're gonna have to go back and look at our predictions. Some of the stuff that we said in our uh, season guide should be very interesting. I think. Some stuff was really on point. Some stuff we might have missed the mark on. I had on. to send one of those out the other day. Someone yeah. bought one on eBay. I forgot to take the listing down. It really <laughs> caught me by surprise. Geez, that's keen. It was around twenty one. Yeah, they they're just trying to see guide. how wrong we were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I can, can feel the red
1: pen in their hand just going through, going, "Wow, well, they got that wrong."
0: <laughs> the cap off the sharpie. Absolutely. Uh, Hawk one two asks, "Will you do a podcast at season's end to discuss who gets let go or traded?" a basically, similar thing to uh, Yeah, we yes. do that every year. Yeah, absolutely, that is in There's line. There's a bit of rhythm to it now. Yep, and uh, speaking of, get into the rhythm of red time notes, only have one this week. This is a little bit of a whisper that won't go down well with Hawks fans, uh, I suspect. I've heard that Clarkson is Essendon bound.
1: Is this from an Essendon supporter? No, Essendon it's not. Mole?
0: No, no, unfortunately this is from a pretty reliable source normally. So I don't like it either.
1: I would be shocked and appalled.
0: So would I, for for numerous reasons, obviously. And I would blame yeah. <laughs> Kenneth It would be sickening, but the other things, are, the thing that would make it most shocking, I think, is the fact that, well, they have to give Rutton the ass to do that. Clearly, and oh how shocking! I couldn't imagine. No, that no, no, happening. no. Hang on, hang on. He's not. He's contracted
1: through the end of twenty twenty-three. He's had a great month, except for when they lost to JWS by an
0: unbelievable <laughs> amount. No, look, he's contracted through to the end of next year Yeah, and I've heard cool.
1: Tommy Green's coming to Hawthorne You're just Which making one's a mockery more of it likely? You're
0: just making a mockery of it now That's I do not going to happen it. Look,
1: he's going to North That's it
0: Why can I stomach that better than Essendon, do you think? Because they're not a threat Yeah, I guess
1: it is that, isn't it? I don't know I mean, one of our listeners had a fantastic DM today He wouldn't take it to Twitter, but I loved it You saw <laughs> okay. that tweet come out of North, did you? Go on So this afternoon, someone at the North Melbourne Football Club thought it would be a really good idea, without having appointed any recruiting managers at the club, still, you know, and obviously just sort of feeling in the dark. Yeah, because we pinched them, didn't we? Yeah, a couple of them Yeah, we pinched, and the other one just sort of walked. Anyway, (laughs) with two rounds to go, and obviously there's alarm bells crying in the office... The indicative order has us choosing first. That's a really great way to say we're last. (laughs) Us choosing first at this year's NAB AFL draft. Who should we be chasing? And, uh, (laughs) like, really good engagement. You're into this, you know, you get engagement. But uh, Al felt that that was pretty much North legitimately asking who they should take in the draft. (laughs) It's just more... Uh, A hopeful question Yeah Like You know We've got absolutely no idea What to do here And we don't really have Anyone in
0: expertise in it So we thought we'd take a poll You just picture someone At a whiteboard With the marker ready Looking at an iPad Waiting for (laughs) the responses To come through Anyone got any ideas? So My advice to you If you're a young Aspiring
1: footballer Hit up that tweet
0: <laughs>
1: with your name yes, and see how high you can get taken. <laughs> oh, amazing
0: stuff. Amazing
1: recruiting Can they get strategy? off the bottom, actually?
0: I don't think so. I don't I know. Think- Why don't you check? Why don't you check for us?
1: I think they can because West Coast, Josh Kennedy, I've always like watching him play, especially in grand finals. Um, <laughs> oh, jeez. A bit of a clip. The guys just kicked eight goals on retirement. And he beat Collingwood in one. So that was that was good. Okay, that's better. So they really tried hard last week. And when and I was trying to work out why they were trying so hard, I mm. realised that North have Adelaide. And then the following week, they have the Suns. Ooh.
0: Who may have completely checked out. <laughs> At the moment, they're both on two wins. Don't you love this? this? This back end of the podcast is... Everyone else is talking about shaping the finals. We're like, what's going to shape the bottom ten? <laughs>
1: like- <laughs> well, if you want to talk about the finals, I can, because we might be in the bottom ten, but the top eight, the Tigers have to get past us, and so do the Dogs. That's and right. And if they
0: lose to us, either of them, that's it. Curtain's done. The door's wide open Come on in guys There's plenty of room In the bottom ten Come on You have fun here Richmond You can be ninth You like that
1: (laughs) (laughs) Apart from Carlton That are already done Oh my goodness And haven't they Turned sour The Blues supporters It's great
0: to see I'm just going to put this out The season's not even over yet I've enjoyed this season Yeah go on I'm just saying I've, I've enjoyed what Hawthorne's Been able to accomplish To this point It hasn't been perfect By any means But eight wins looking pretty good could pitch a ninth to see Richmond go ninth
1: there's one great dog turd in the
0: grass that you don't want to step in though and that's a Geelong premiership why do you have to end the podcast that way it's just gonna leave a sour I thought I was bad talking about Clarkson to the the Dons (laughs) you're talking about a Geelong flag people are putting money on them I can't
1: believe it it's like they haven't seen a
0: final series before (laughs) Well, still a lot to play out in this season. We're going to be watching with interest in person at the MCG. Get down there for the doubleheader, the AFLW practice match first, then stick around for the men's match too. And, of course, the Hawk Talk podcast will be back next week to recap all the action. We'll catch you then. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.